Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby. It doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Well done, Phil. That's the first ever bit of production you've ever done. <laughs> what lovely fading. Thank you very much. Uh, I feel like an expert after what, fading it's that It's quite easy, once. isn't it? it it's, it's pretty pretty intuitive, that that slider, how it works. Well, I mean, if you think about what Virgin Radio pay Tim, like, <laughs> and you would do that for, what, half the, half the amount that he does? Uh, yeah, certainly 70% of what so, Yeah, Tim, I mean, you can still live like a king. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, talking of living like a king, where are you, Tim Cocker? Well, firstly, before I get onto that, you just, you just touched, a, touched a raw nerve there. <laughs> uh, not, not being paid as much by Virgin Radio as I used to be now. Oh, oh no, your, no. Your reduced schedule... Giving you more time to no. do other things. It, this, this, it's this, fine. This is like feeling sorry for a Saudi oil prince when the oil price goes down. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. I am. I'm, do you know what? I've taken the Egg Chasers TMO shipping container back to the home of shipping containers. Oh wow! I'm in Greece. Amazing. In the Peloponnese. Uh, how, do you know what? Gone. No, nothing warmed the cockles of my heart this morning when I was sat on the beach in. Well, it was about 11 a.m. and it was about. Um, 24 at that point um very nice and it got up to a got up to a lovely 29 today Uh, and and getting messages from my son's under 15 rugby team saying is training definitely on because that's a monsoon out there and you just said yes yes it is (laughs) (laughs) it was it was wet in south manchester this morning now tim you didn't get back to me but you're under 14s or under 15s there i know I've got such a great reputation nationwide that Broad Street are looking for a game because they are finding it very hard to get suitable competition. And the first name that came to their lips was Broughton Park. Raffy Quirk, Raffy Quirk's Broughton Park. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I heard that. Um, who was that from, by the way? Was that from a well-known rugby luminary? A very well-known <laughs> rugby, rugby luminary. Very well-known. Interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, because my son's team are under 15s, not under 14s, as they were asking for. So, ah, um, never couldn't mind. Accommodate with, couldn't accommodate their request. Ah, um, shame. I, it's, it's lovely to join you. Is it sounding okay? Sounds sounds great, I think. Does it sound great? Good. Sound, it good. sounds good to my... I just might turn you up a tad. My civilian no, ears. No, I, I wasn't suggesting it wasn't noisy enough. I was just worried about it cutting in and out. Because uh, infrastructures... Uh, like, olive... olive oil and olive trees and lemon trees and stuff they do beautifully in greece and and the sea and the climate 
Uh, infrastructure, not so much. Tax evasion, they do that pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> they and, do. And finish, do you know, during the financial crisis, the first one, not the upcoming one, which is going to be an absolute belter, <laughs> but the first one, uh, some of the tax evasion measures that the government took were astounding. So these included using spy satellites for swimming pools. So anyone with a swimming pool, they sort of locate it and then make sure they're up to date with their taxes. And also pulling over supercars outside nightclubs to make sure that they too had been paying their taxes. <laughs> oh, it, it's awful. It's to the point where you didn't get taxed based on income or anything. You, If you had a car... Yeah, you got taxed X amount. If you had X number of bedrooms, you got taxed X amount. It was, but that, that was that was, no, that was. That's, anyway, we don't need to go into that. That's a consequence <laughs> of them being in the EU and Germany just saying we want our money back now. Pay us, pay us now. Yeah. Uh, just a quick one. So I'll tell you what I did with my rugby weekend in a second. Are there any rugby clubs by by you in Greece? Have 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 you had a look? If there are any, it would be in Athens, which is a few a few hours' drive away. Like Greece is one of those countries, I suppose it's probably a bit like Wales, where half of the entire population of the country lives in the capital city. Uh, yeah. I yeah. Think Greece is about 10 million, 11 million people, 5 million of which live in Athens. So if there is any rugby, it'll be in Athens. We should look it up. See, I, I, see and I imagine, I imagine, because we've seen in the Rugby League World Cup, Lebanon have a team who are basically Lebanese Australians that yeah. can't get into the Australian team. Uh, there's a lot of Greek Australians. So I imagine Greece probably have a handy Rugby League team. Well, they, they're in the World Cup as well, aren't they? Are they? Oh, are they? Yes. There you go. Yeah, they are. Have either of you been watching any of the Rugby League World Cup? Uh, well, Greece just got hammered 72 points to four by Samoa. So... Um, wow. in. I, I, I watched the first half of England v France yesterday evening. Second half is good. Well, the first half of the second half, the third quarter. So I, I didn't see that, but I saw England go 18-0 up and then France score two tries to bring it back to 18 What was the end score on that deal? It was 42-18. Oh, right, OK. So, so England won fairly comfortably. So I watched two games of the Rugby League World Cup. I've watched Wales versus Cook Islands, which was a belter. I mean, I really enjoyed that. And Wales just about lost out. And the other one, I mean, it was brutal, but Scotland played Australia. I've, I've heard oh, about it. I've heard it was God. one-way traffic. The poor lads. I mean, I know they're living their dreams and, you know, no one would want to take it away from them. And if someone gave me the opportunity, I, I would you do would it. You would take it, yeah. But for the first 10 minutes, the Aussie sets, the Aussie defensive sets were just brutal. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it, I, there was nothing I've seen in Union to compare, to, compare it to. Just well, they, they may they may as well have not they may as well not crown a World Cup winner. Just give that to Australia before the tournament, and then let everyone else play it out for to win because it's just a procession, isn't it? How about this? You you give it to Australia, and then they start with the worst team, and they slowly make their way up to the best team <laughs> until they lose. If they do lose, like they're yeah. playing like they're playing a Street Fighter back yeah. in the day. Like you've got to play eighty minutes back to back to back to back to back like. However many teams, 12 Yeah, you've got times. to play every day. Yes. Well, one, yeah. one, one, ma- game game. one match a day. They're allowed a slightly bigger squad. And then right... Who did they see last? England or... England or uh, New Zealand? No, yeah. no, that would actually... No, because if they did back to back to back to back, England would undoubtedly beat them. But whereas actually, I quite like that. How I'm many not sure that's true. Yeah, I'm not sure. How, how <laughs> deep down the ranking can they go playing back to back to back? And could they beat every team? Because it, it would get harder to keep the performance going but the, the opposition would get easier. and But at some point on that ladder, there would be a crossover where 
they would meet their match. I think if you went easiest to hardest, they would still win it. So this 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 Australia v Scotland game, this is this is like the best team in the world wanting like going out there to win big. Yeah, and the best team in the world by a long way. No, but wait, can I just play, add playing that? against like these these Scotland guys will be the equivalent of like say level three four yeah um, the championship rug- the rugby- championship rugby league players yeah level three level four rugby union players I, say I, I, so, I played with a lad who uh one week he was playing for sedgley park against say i don't know isha or whoever it was at the time and three weeks later he was playing against sunny bill williams for scotland <laughs> rugby league in the world cup yeah well i used to play with a guy called mike butts who was on the wing for wales yeah and he yeah, was a level, yeah. a level seven winger yeah, and he's gone to the championship now. So yeah, the, I, the difference is well, night this, and day. This is a quick pertinent question. The very first like two episodes of this podcast featured Blake. <laughs> featured Blake, a rugby league player. He might have play actually played for Great level. Britain. Yeah, I think he did. He definitely not, not, not like not senior Great Britain like under twenty. Oh yeah, he definitely played England um, age grades and all the rest of it. Yeah, but just going back to what Phil said, this is the best rugby team in the world. I mean, it might be, legitimately, it might be the best rugby team in the world. Yeah, well, if you did a cross-codes game yeah, like yeah. Bath v Wigan, that would be interesting to see this Australia team play either a half and a half or 80 minutes and 80 minutes. I think they're, I think they're probably right up there because yeah. occasionally the Aussies pick a guy from rugby league who people will now say, oh, they, he wasn't that good. I mean, example... Israel Falau. People now say, oh, he's never that good at, good at rugby league. Well, if he wasn't that good at rugby league, he was one of the best try scorers. No, the best try scorer of all time for Australia. Yeah, he's one of the all-time best, most highly talented players. Yeah. So if he's not one of the good ones, uh, <laughs> goodness me, Wendell Saylor made a bit of an impact, but like, you know, isn't... Corabetti. Uh, um, Corabetti is another one. They just keep bringing them over and they absolutely light it up. Yes, serious, serious talent. Because mm. this, this rugby union in Australia is maybe the fourth or fifth sport. Yep. NRL is the number one. That, yeah. is, that is the biggest sport. So it attracts, it has all the money, it attracts all the talent. That's why you've got guys like Russell Crowe involved in it. It's amazing, isn't it? I wonder what the Australians think of playing in an empty stadium in, I don't know, Middlesbrough or wherever. Where were they? <laughs> this, Wigan this time round, was it, or somewhere? There's like Doncaster's Lee Sports Village. Yeah, like they used to packed up stadiums or at least very rowdy stadiums. Yeah. And here it's they are. They, it's also why they have their, their Mad Monday celebration when the regular season finishes. They have uh, players bubbling. Yeah. If you remember remember that conversation from years ago on oh, the podcast. Oh, do I? Not, look, look it up with uh, on, not on a work computer. So do you remember the guy who did that? Do you remember what his name was? I can't remember his name. Oh. I believe it was Joel Mo- uh, uh, Joel Monaghan. Was he not the guy with the dog? Same guy. Was that the same <laughs> guy? It can't be the same it guy. It is the same guy, Joel Monaghan. To be fair, the bubbling thing, I don't think it was exclusive to what... He didn't patent bubbling. Oh, no. There, there he, might have been he wasn't the first bubbler. He won't be the last one <laughs> from the NRL. But he might have been the man who had that iconic <laughs> photo of him bubbling. Well, taken. I went to watch a semi-final. Warrington thought they were going to win something. I've, I've just Googled Joel Monaghan. The first thing that comes up is Joel Monaghan dog. Yeah, that's our boy. On Google. Uh, bubbling, let's see. see if something... Hmm. It is not, not immediately. Just type in uh, NRL bubbling scandal, Phil. It's definitely the same guy, mate. Definitely the same, same guy. 
dog video. Dog, uh, so <laughs> NRL, NRL scandal. Come on, NRL bubbling. NRL player bubbling. Here we go. Todd Carney. <laughs> oh, that's take it back. One. That's that's him stood at the urinal. Hey, there you go, James. Tim, <laughs> you can't see this, unfortunately. But I, I, oh, I remember that picture well. In my mind. You know it. Unfortunately, yeah. it's in I, my I, mind. I wish I owned the NFT of that. There's <laughs> an NFT I want. It's that one. <laughs> oh, I take it back. It. I take it back. Fair so, play. Anyway, um, John Monahan. You got a two-year ban. It's ridiculous for doing that. For, for, for his own urine. His <laughs> own urine. A two-year ban. <laughs> Who did he harm? <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> during that Warrington game, all the Warrington fans were uh, singing Who Let the Dogs Out, which is very, very funny, over and over, uh, over, and over again. So rugby league fans are absolute savages <laughs> compared, to, um, compared to, to rugby union fans. Yeah, but oh, I've enjoyed it. The point I wanted to make, because I only watched the first half of the Saturday, the number of players, so I've not watched rugby league in any detail for at least five years, probably yeah. longer. But the number of players on that England team that I recognised, quite a few, isn't it's it? Quite, an, quite an old team: Tompkins and Hall and Burgess. Um, I can't believe Ryan Hall's still playing. I know on the wing as well. Immense, isn't it? Well, I don't know if it's immense. I don't know if it's tragic or. Yeah. Well, yes, that's. We'll find out if it's immense when they come up against Aust- if they come up against Australia. Yeah, that, that will be the test. Yeah. So some good rugby league chat, chat there, boys. Well <laughs> yes. done, everybody. Well, what, let me just let me just quickly say uh, you can always get us um, get in touch with us. Contact Chasers at gmail dot com. We've got some great emails again, which I'll uh, try and pepper in to the chat uh, that we're going to have. Uh, you can support us at patreon dot com forward slash egg chasers and just subscribe. Tell a mate. Leave a five star review if you appreciate having a rugby podcast for you every single week of the year, every Monday morning, fifty two weeks a year into our tenth season, the longest running. The most committed and best rugby podcast on earth and best and easily the best. Yeah. So um, it happened, didn't it? This week, the thing that everyone's wanted to happen for so long happened. Um, what what so happened? What what went bust? Nope. Something something else happened, which was you amazing. That to happen, didn't didn't you, JB? You were desperate for that to happen. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Your your boys are back. They are back. Bath or back. Bath. There is no stopping these boys now. This is... We all called it. We all called it. I didn't. I did. I, I did. Phil, Phil did. Yeah. Well, well, well done you two. And well done Bath, finally. And by the way, well done all those Bath fans who go religiously every, every week. I mean, rugby struggles with attendances, but Bath is one of those clubs that doesn't tend to struggle that much compared well, to the others. They, they're about to... They've just had approved a massive extension or they've just... Um, got over the covenant so that they can go through the planning to get approved a massive extension to their stadia. I don't know if this is a good idea, you know. Um, It depends what they're planning on doing. So redeveloping it, definitely, because it's so old. And just think of the the wasted commercial opportunities for um, hospitality. Okay. So definitely they should have got a lot of opportunity to enhance their revenue. Whether they should make it a, a... 20,000, 30,000 seat stadium. I'm not, I don't think so. Yeah. But they, they need to redo the wreck. I, they, yeah, you got, I, I wonder if they could re- have redeveloped it, like without all the hoo ha, because it does seem like they're redeveloping and expanding. They, and that's uh, at, the ver- at the very least, JB, they can put some permanent stands instead of the temporary, temporary ones. ones. Even if they did nothing else, nothing besides that, that would do, be a huge. Do you not think that's part of the charm, though? No, the, uh, well, the city, there's ask, so ask, much. Ask, ask the fans stood there in the, pissing rain but yeah. that's the idea 
But no, there's so much... The charm is Bath. There is so much history and heritage in Bath. You're in such an amazing location by the river. Mm. You don't You don't need to... Wait, the, the old stands and the the um, temporary stands, they don't add to it. They detract from it. Yeah, so you I can guess enhance that, the whole well, thing. that would mean... The temporary stands are there for a reason, aren't they? So people can play cricket in the summer and whatnot. So I guess Correct. that'll be the end, the end of the cricket, will it, Tim? Yeah, and they have uh, like I, I know it's quite a quite a famous junior tournament, the Bath tournament. They 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 have all the lads playing on the wreck, and I guess it'll take that space up because, as I understand it, and again, I used to live in um, Bath back in the early two thousands, and this was you were the crescent talked about. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, well, I I was between my houses on Pulteney Street and the Crescent. Ah, uh, yes. I never. It was like the Queen. I I put a flag up when I'm in whichever one I'm in. <laughs> exactly. And um, but even then, I think the plans which were they were trying to push through then were to turn it round 180 degrees so that the dead ball line would be parallel with the river. Ah. Uh, so okay. you think, is that what they, I have not seen the plans? Is that what they're doing? I now, don't. Or? I don't know. But I don't potentially. Know because they've got the leisure where the current hospitality section is is kind of backs onto the leisure centre. So I imagine that'll all get redeveloped as part of it. Um, so that'll offer some community benefit of some kind. I don't know, but it's, it's great news. What a fantastic week for Bath. And what I will say is what was great about the actual performance on the field is, is Bath have got um, a little something that they can build their team around. And last week it was Ollie Lawrence. This week it was Cam Redpath. The two of them, I didn't mm. realise this, they were a, a centre partnership for England under-20s with great success as well. I bet they, they were. They know each other's games inside out, and they seem to... Uh, when one of them's not doing the business, the other one is. So they've got a great little pair in midfield there. And bearing in mind what we talk about with the, the lack of specialist players in, in centres, in English players... Well, uh, Cam Redpath's Scottish now, obviously, but you've got a couple right there in the Premiership that could be a... A young, really, really exciting partnership. So th- those two look great, and fucking a singer has been, they've been using him very intelligently, and he's playing some great rugby at the moment. So things things are looking up. Although I will say, I've seen the seen the highlights of this game. For Bath to do well with the team that they've got, the players that they've got now, um, and we spoke about this before, Northampton seems to be a team that would suit. Uh, playing against yeah. this Bath squad, slightly lighter weight pack, um, as we've spoke about previously, and also Saints missing a few of their leaders, like missing Bigger and Courtney Laws, for example. It's it's a good one for Bath to to get a win on. It doesn't mean that they will all of a sudden get on a roll of winning things. Uh, well, I think you're wrong. I think they'll make top four now. But <laughs> either or, I'll put it on the put it on the whiteboard. Throw, throw it on the whiteboard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as for Northampton, they do have a fundamental weakness, don't they? Which is people like playing against them. Yes, and you can't you can't be having that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're, they're known for not necessarily being the hardest and most nuggety. No. Um. Type five. Uh, they'll, they'll play some nice stuff, and actually, it doesn't really make much sense because I think. This in this England team, which has just been announced, I think Alex Cole's in it. Is Dave Ribbons in it? Uh, yes, I think he is. I mean, yes, he is. They're, they're there for a reason because they're big, hard boys. But it just doesn't translate into a Northampton jersey. Not even when L- Ludlam's in there. Law- Laws is in there. Yeah, even when Laws, even when all those guys play, it still isn't a hard pack for whatever reason it is. 
Yeah. Well, you, you just talked about a back row. Like um, Northampton have got exceptional back row slash the uh, loose head lock slash. Yeah, like the back five options. is should be very yeah. good on paper. Is it, well, it is. Yeah, it is. It is well, very it's very good on paper. It's, uh, it doesn't necessarily translate to the pitch. Well, yeah, I mean, if you look at say another back, another team who are very ferocious in the back five, say our Sharks, hmm. like that does translate from a paper paper good into just physical dominance. Well, hmm. Sometimes, sometimes less so today. Yeah, six out of seven times it will yeah. uh, translate into physical dominance, uh, but not so much with Northampton. So it must be. Well, it's not. It's obvious, Maybe it's the it? front it's the row. Way, it's the way that they play. Or, or the front row, or a combination of the two. Yeah, I mean, I like Matavesi, yeah. but yeah, maybe he's not yeah. a top end hooker. I do. Matt, like is great. But... No, no, he's great. Mm. But there's, it's no secret, and we don't need to talk about it because it's been said so often. It, it, the, the front row—it's just something they haven't addressed. <clears throat> um, and on, on this game, just on this game, yeah. Um, Northampton again. I've seen the seen the ten or twelve minute highlights, but not the full game. But Northampton got themselves in some great opportunities, multiple times it would seem, and then allowed Bath to relieve pressure by forcing a pass, uh, poor offload, knock-on, or getting turned over. And Bath, to their credit, through the likes of Thokkanasinger or Ollie Lawrence, or um, Matt Gallagher, who put in a few great kicks, or Josh Bayliss, who made an amazing break down the right-hand side, they were able to relieve that pressure very, very nicely mm. and then flip the pressure the other way onto Northampton. Mm. Um, well, congratulations, Bath. Uh, wonderful news for your fans who have stuck with you through thick and thin. In fact, I think, that, I think that's, a, that's a hashtag, is it not? Thick and thin. <laughs> like, li- like literally because of the hoops. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, thin and thinner. Thin and thinner, indeed. Let's talk about some of the serious teams now. Um, well, but before before we go into that, yeah, I sure. think there's some sort of significant uh, goings on that we've not really touched upon, and one of these will affect it and is currently affecting every other Premiership team, and will come into the conversation in loads of the other games that we talk about. So, did you notice um, Wasps getting upset that they called the behaviour of other Premiership teams offering low contract offers to their profiting now from their whatever it is players that. Yeah, they called it derisory and that they're taking advantage and that it's predatory behaviour well, of other premiership clubs. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's that's their job. I mean, if they weren't doing that, would, would, would should, we, should we be happy? I mean, I wanted to speak about this a little bit more in detail last week, but, you know, these players need to play, particularly if you think you're going to get in the England team, you've got, you've got to play. So you've got to make a decision. Is this ultra-low offer, which you're getting put in front of you worth taking or not it's a business decision that the players have got to make the salary cap exists it needs it needs to stay in place they can't no one can go over it nor should they have dispensation to do so so they, these are the choices the wasps lads have i mean i would argue if they're going to talk like that they should have thought very very carefully when they knew what their financial situation was and they knew what their debt was <clears> because we all knew what their debt was not to go out and sign vincent cock not to go out and sign other players. So I think they need to be very careful. Before. Or any of them. Yeah, any of them. Any because of the, them. The only reason, there's, there's two reasons why Wasp players are getting low offers. If they're lucky enough to get an offer at, at all and they're not without any income. And the first one, uh, the first reason is there is a salary cap. Yep. And so only teams that have cap space can offer anything. 
And um, secondly, because Wasps ran the club into bankruptcy. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. There's, you know, I don't think it's at all fair to blame any other club for anything. I mean, if they're offering club, if they're offering contracts to players, I, I, I honestly don't think any club is relishing a low ball offer. And, no. there'll be one, and there'll be one-year deals. Yeah, yeah. They, they will be... So that, um, one of them was uh, that I read was married, um, was Launchbury being offered 60k. Mm. But a club is only offering Launchbury 60k because that is all they have. Like, they want Launchbury. Yeah. That is all the cap space they've <laughs> yeah. got. If it's they not, could offer him 200k, they'd offer him 200k. They'd offer him 200k, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just 100%. a consequence of the situation. Right? It's, to the point where we saw Bristol jettisoning Dan Thomas to Scarlet's out on oh, loan. It's, it's to get game time, Phil. It's to, it's to get him some game time. <laughs> it, it is, as as we all well know, it is 100% so his salary is off their books for a few months so that they have a shot at getting one of the Willis boys or a bar, like a Barbary. The some, yeah, someone to get one of those players. That is the exact reason, well, I, which is a consequence of the two things that you have say, stated correctly, Tim. And I think another thing Wasps need to be aware of is that Due to their actions, uh, look, I've not been criti- crit- critical of wasps, but when you start criticising at the clubs, I think it's uh, you know you open yourself up to criticism y- yourself. But because of their actions and because of the actions of, of Worcester, they're going to now put lots of other players in exactly the situation the wasps players are in, who are trying to redo their deals for next year. <clears throat> so, right, so that, that um, say wage inflation, well, wage. The, the wage depression now across the Premiership is going to be massive. If you're if you're not a top player, if you're like Mr. Average Premiership, uh, pre, um, Mr. Average Premiership player, then you're going to really struggle. And part of that is because of consequences of what happened for Wasps and Worcester, and they should recognise that. So I think very carefully before running my mouth about anything like that. Now I will well, equally, and this is what's when it gets interesting and like you say, difficult for some players. You look at a guy like. Jack Knoll. Now he's going to be in a fortunate position where he has got other offers and clubs in France are looking at him. But whereas recently Exeter was saying, "Yeah, we still like to chat to Jack and we're still going to put an offer in front of him," you could you could quite understand it if Rob Baxter <laughs> and Ali Heifer sat down and said, "Actually, look what we can get for that yeah. next season." Now, I'd mm-hmm. be all sorts. I mean, there was a hundred professional players out the game the start of this season alone, actually. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's loads of talent out there. There really will be. And ju- just on the on the point about wasps. Now I I saw those headlines coming out of wasps. I'm not. Uh, I didn't read the full article, but so I'm not entirely sure who within the wasps organisation they were attributed to. But what I will say is I listened to Steve Vaughan, friend yep. of yours, JB, on um, the Rugby Pod. And I thought he did speak very well. He's a great guy. I agree. I really with that. like him. Yeah, really liked him. He was, he was very honest about a lot of things. There's a couple of things he didn't really want to go into much detail. Um, completely understandably, mm-hmm. things about Derek. Is it Richardson? I keep. Yeah. 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 Um, and some of th- specifics around some of the players' offers, for example, that he didn't want to go to, go into. But I thought he spoke really, really well with great honesty. And he's like he said himself, which um, is a probably the right thing to do but something he doesn't need to do he's kind of working free of charge at the moment in order to get things as sorted as they possibly can be yeah yeah Uh, yeah I mean you just have to look at the way Wasps did what they did compared to the way Worcester sort of drew it out and they were sniffing around for they just they just did it 
And I, I feel that the Wasps situation has been handled more, well, quite substantially better, actually, than it, the Wasps one. It's not a good situation. It's a terrible situation, but, but they've handled it as well as they can could yeah. have done at this point in time. Yeah. I still take issue when you um, criticise other clubs. Of, I just yeah. Don't think I, it's good. I don't know who that came from, but I, I completely agree. I it's, completely it's a good point. To point it's a good thing, reason thing to point out, Phil. It could have been a headline writer rather than the actual substantive quotes within the text. So well, I should have checked that myself. Talk, talking but, of yeah. low ball offers, apparently there are 14 Newcastle players out the door at the end of the season mm. because of low ball offers. Mm. Oh, well, so they say. So, like, one of the guys on his way out sounds like they're going to be. It sounds like it's going to be George George McGuigan mm-hmm. off to Bristol. Yeah, there'll be a few clubs who'd have George McGuigan. Yeah, um, and well, there's going to be a lot of movement unless those Newcastle players buckle and sign those low ball deals, which they um, might be forced to now with the sudden influx of uh, talent into the playing pool. Yeah, so tough times to be a rugby player. It is. It is. And we spoke about it before, but the the number of players who will want to stay in England because they've got a shot, a good shot at the World Cup, but are going to have to take relative low ball offers. Um, I might be right in saying I've, I've got the squad in front of me. Jack Willis might be the only Wasps player in the squad. Yeah, which is a problem. Which is a massive problem. Well, it's a problem that can be fixed quite easily for Jack Willis by signing a deal. But yep. it's going to mean he's going to have to sign a below what was his previous market value yeah, deal. The thing is, though, Jack Willis will be able to negotiate his England money from his new employer. He will, yes. So he's actually in a better position. In a better position. He so, is, yeah. Launchbury probably was thinking, well, I'll go and sign for a club. I'll just negotiate whatever they can pay me for the school fees or whatever it is, plus my England money. And that'll keep me ticking over for a year. He's not in the England squad, mm-hmm. so that's all. That's all just dried up. It's absolutely brutal. So, we're, so, we're, and also the other thing is, just because the Wasps players have been made redundant, as I understand it, they're still entitled to their full contracts. They'll just have to go, yeah, go but, up for the creditors, yeah. And in which case, they will get if they're lucky pence on the pound, yeah. Well, so, what would be the old, which, which very yeah. briefly brings yeah. us to, and, and I don't want to go into a big conversation about this because we did it last week, but there's been more conversation about the P shares and that they will likely be sold as an asset, but what value they will have, who wants them, who can buy them, who would want to buy them. And I saw an argument made, and I think it's quite a compelling one, that they should just be they should just be dissolved for just everyone. Be- There's kind of, it, it kind of, um, P-shares are, were one of the key parts when you look at it of the reason why people would describe, and I would go so far as to describe the premiership as... as Cartel like, mm. I think that's part of it, and I think um, it just need to be done away with. Send me on Twitter, and I wish I knew who it was so I could give him credit for this idea. I don't think they exactly meant this, but still, um, I like this just as a, I like this just as a mental exercise as much as anything. But imagine if everybody who ever got into the Premiership was given one P share. Mm-hmm. So now you'd have. The, the people who are in the Premiership, plus all the people that were previously in the Premiership, but all all of the P-shares distributed their money e- equally. Now, you look at that over, what, 20 years or however long the Premiership yeah, has yeah. been, um, been in existence. You might actually start to have something which looks a little bit like, bit like pro de deux. 
because you've got so many teams that are still yeah. getting central revenue. Now, below, uh, sorry, the, the top teams would obviously get less revenue. Yeah, but yeah. Over the course of 20 years, they can kind of work out how to plug that hole. But I just feel like we would have had a lot more income distributed across two leagues. Um, and, well, it just might be a completely different landscape now. It would be a very different landscape. It's an That's interesting thought interesting. experiment. Yeah. Mm. So, like, Leeds still have their P-share, and I think Rotherham. Rotherham, Rotherham yeah. Uh, uh, the Paul, were they premiership? Or? It depends when the cut-off is, yeah. But, yeah, there'd be all sorts. Yeah, it'd be great. Richmond. Oh, would it be great? I don't, I don't know, Richmond, yeah. There's, I, yeah, I, I just quite liked it as um, a thing to think over. Yes, yeah. Um, just because we've, we've mentioned it a little bit now, the England squad was announced this week. Yeah. Ooh, meaty. Now, one thing that I've I've observed, tell me if, if this came out to you, but this to me looks like very much a continuity squad, as in it's, ve- it's a very similar squad to the squad that um, went in summer 2020 mm-hmm. so this summer of this year to Australia and had the successful tour to Australia <coughs> in fact of, the, of that squad there are only by my count and I might have got this slightly wrong there's only six players who have dropped out of that squad not through injury as in the squad is the same there's a few players who've come in but other than those who have dropped out for injury, and there are, there are a number who have, were referenced in the announcement who are not there through injury. Um, it's a very, very similar squad. And the, the six players who have dropped out from injury, can you... Uh, uh, sorry, six players who have been dropped not due to injury. Oh, not, um, can you Joe Marchant. Joe Marchant, good one, yes. Marchant, yeah. Who do you say, Jay? Henry Slade. Slade, yeah, well done. No, because he didn't tour in. Did he not? Didn't tour in the summer. Mitchell, oh, okay. Mitchell is correct. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and a, another scrum half. JVP. No, he's in there. Youngs. No, he what? He didn't tour, but he's and he's in there as well. Care, of course. Oh, Care. Care's the, the other scrum half. And yeah. then the the other ones didn't really play. So um, Dingwall, um, Tom Pearson, and Schickling. Patrick Schickling. Well, is he English? Uh, well, he was in the summer tour. <laughs> is he English? Well, it could be. He might not have been dropped through form. He might have been dropped for other reasons. Yeah, apparently he's not English. <laughs> apparently he's very, very not English. Well, as in, there's question marks over whether you should have the three or five year rules apply. Uh, well, I just hope England get the same treatment as Spain, and no doubt there'll be there'll be <laughs> even-handed punishments. Oh, and oh. We'll let this run through the system. On Spain, I meant to mention it before when you were talking about Greece. So I was in uh, the office a couple of weeks ago, um, where I work. And I was chatting to a bloke who'd just been to Lisbon. Oh, okay. And he asked me, oh, have you ever been? I said, oh, have yeah. I? I was there in February of this year, actually. We went to watch a rugby game. And he said, oh, I didn't realise they, they played much rugby in uh, in Portugal or Spain. I was like, oh, yeah, they, they played quite a bit, actually. You'd be surprised. He's like, oh, well... Portugal or Spain, they've never made a World Cup, have they? 
And I was well. like, well, <laughs> well, sit back. Go get a cup of tea. So yeah. <laughs> 15 minutes later, after I'd kind of given him the brief history of the Iberian Peninsula in the Rugby World Cup from 1987 <laughs> to present with Spain's two failed attempts to make it, he was like, well, no, no, Spain, like Spain's two successful attempts to make it. Scuppered. Scuppered. Destroyed. By Romania and World Rugby. Yes. Spain, Spain did appear in one in 1999. Did they? Mm. I believe so. I think you're Oriole, right, yeah. The, the Oriole Ripple era. Ah, okay. Well... Is it 99? It might have been 95. I don't know. Or it might have been 91 in England. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure Spain have made it once, but it's not for a very, very long time. Yes. Um, well, I uh, I gave him perhaps not the full detailed history, but certainly an extensive 15-minute uh, yeah. history lesson on on the recent history. Well, oh, the well, recent history is exceptional. I'm just disappointed. That, so the way that the, the Rugby Europe Championship have restructured means there is no Spain v Portugal derby. So not. Ah, how come? Is that because I think that they've got pools of it just like three or four teams now. Ah. They've split. They've split the top six into into. I don't know how they've split it, but anyway, regardless, however it's panned out, it looks great, but. There's no Spain v Portugal, which is the kind of fixture. If you did, I I would prefer to have some kind of relegation not- promotion type setup, or at least some access. But if you did want to go down JB's route of building your own, and it might take twenty, thirty years, Spain v Portugal is one of the things you build it around. Yes, it is, isn't it? It is. Well, as long as they're playing in Spain or Portugal, I don't really <laughs> mind because I'm not going. Yeah, I'm not going east for anybody. I've said this for a long time, and even more so now. Yeah. Not going to Russia anytime soon. I don't think so. I, I just don't see it, you know. No. So, I think uh, I struggle. I, I, I've been doing a lot of uh, research th- uh, this week. Malaga seems like one hell of a place. Yeah. Have I've you been, done a little bit of research? In- I've done a little bit. I've got a man on the ground there. I've had a man on the ground there in the last week. He's been texting me a few places, a few Apparently, pictures. Apparently, it's the same population size as Manchester. About 600,000. What? Well, oh, but that's only that's only that's, Manchester Town. Yeah, the centre. Greater Manchester. Manchester's three point eight. Oh, million. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah, but this is the the centrish part of Malaga. Mm. So it sounds like a big old place, which is great. Yeah, but Marseille was a big old place. Ooh, that wasn't great. Mal, uh, Malaga is meant to be better than Marseille. Uh, well, most. I, I was having a chat. There's someone. I'm some, one of the guys who's uh, away in the group on holiday. He was. Uh, he, he's a uh, goes. To, he's been to loads of World Cups and I was saying he's planning on France next year he lives in Vietnam a lot of the time anyway uh, he is and he said uh, yeah I'm going to base myself in Marseille we had some awesome we had some awesome times at the last World Cup in France in Marseille Jeez. so I don't know maybe Jesus. we just went on a horrendous weekend I'm, I'm absolutely maybe we certain. should give it another go summer would definitely be better because yeah. summer south coast of France sun shining drinking uh Rosé, Provence Rosé, mm. all the, that will be great. But thing it is, was biblical rain, wasn't it? It was awful. The thing is, though, I remember what a lovely late autumn, maybe early winter in nice. day I had in, in Nice. Yeah. It was ex- oh, that exceptional. Was exceptional. So, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so, so Tim, Spain have had one, uh, one tournament in the World Cup in 1999. Was. And yeah. Portugal also, I thought Portugal had more, but Portugal also only won in, do you know the year? After that, so 2007, 2007 something, 2003? 
2007. Yeah. I think they got absolutely spanked by the All Blacks in their group game. That sounds broadly speaking as I'd expect. Sounds like it's a possibility. (laughs) Uh, Right, so England squad, anything anyone wants to say about it? Because I have nothing to say about it, really. I think Phil's observation is a really good one. Uh, I actually think there's a lot of players still there from the last World Cup final as well. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. When you add the fact that you have Marcus Smith now, who's a kind of uh, generational type talent, and you had, uh, well, wait and see the extent of his injury, Henry Arundel and pe- guys like that. That there's there's a sprinkling and Rafi Quirk. There's a oh no, is Rafi Quirk in it? Yeah, he is. Yeah, there's yeah. There's a sprinkling of stardust on top of what is already a World Cup final quality team or was. I'm not unhappy about where it's at. There's there's only a few players. I'm thinking how how are they not in there? Um, I'm surprised about Joe Marchant. Will Joseph, yeah, having a meteoric rise, but That's... maybe it's maybe he's doing what he did with Billy V and giving him a little kick up the backside. I don't know. Maybe, but I do. I do wonder about that. About the the motivation because there's that position. Same with Slade as well. Yeah. So yeah, in in thirty in the thirteen shirt, obviously you got you got Manu in the squad, but then it's Guy Porter and Will Joseph who'd be the two others who could wear that shirt. And when you've got guys like um, Elliot Daly, Joe Marchant, Ollie Lawrence, who have been tearing up trees in the Premiership, and then Henry Slade, who's obviously been coming back from injury and perhaps not up to his best. But it it does make me wonder, because it's not like Guy Porter and Will Joseph have been... They've not been playing incredibly well. They're just incumbent. They were in the squad. They've done nothing to force their way out of the squad. So... Yeah. It's, it's a bit. Of, I, I I find it weird, which is why I've said it's kind of a uh, continuation squad. Mm. Yeah. Well, we will we will see. When is their first game? Uh, it'll be the either the fifth or the twelfth. Fifth. Uh, pre- the interesting four one games, is uh, the interesting one is we've talked about this. Um, I think we even said about a couple of weeks ago when Dan Cole had a great game and we were going, wow, isn't it amazing that there's suddenly clamouring for Dan Cole to be back in the England squad? Mm. Is that England's weakest pit position? Is tight head prop England's weak link? And he's picked Val Rapava Ruskin as a potential convert to tight head. <laughs> yeah. Really? Is, is that what he's done? I had no well, idea. So he's, well, well, he's got about four loose heads in the squad. Correct. There's, yeah. there's two tight heads in Sinclair and Joe Hayes. And then at loose head, he's got Genge, Bevanrod, Mako, and Valrapava Ruskin. Oh, maybe he has then. So, maybe. Now, he has done this before, because he did it the last World Cup, didn't he? He only took... I'm sure he, I'm sure he only took Sinclair and... That's Dan right, Cole. because Marla had to cover tight head. Oh, Marla. Yeah. Which would not have gone well. Yeah. At all. Let me just check. Yeah, it was It was Sinks and Dan Cole. Can you tell me the three loose heads in the World Cup squad? Mako, Marla, and Marla. Co- correct, correct. Genge, correct. Ah, yeah. Those were the three. So yeah, Marla, I guess. But I don't think they, it ever transpired that he had to, did he? No. No, he nearly. He could have had something to do in the World Cup if Dan Cole would have got injured after Sinclair went went off. Yeah, although at that stage you might be better to just lose another four, another player and go down to 13 men. Just give the walk up to Africa at that point. Well, it was, it was kind of done after Sinks went off, wasn't it? Mm. That was four minutes into the game. Yeah. Do you want to talk about another game yet? Yeah. Um, one last yeah, thing. One last thing oh, go on, on the World Cup squad. 
Um, World which, Cup squad. Uh, World Cup on the autumn international squad. Um, four four players are already injured from that that squad. From Arundel, Arundel, and uh, Johnny May. Yep, Curry. Uh, is Curry injured? Well, he had a knock today, didn't he? Ah, I only saw the first half of today's game. Um, Owen Farrell oh. went, went off injured with um, what looked like he was knocked out. Um, and Courtney Laws as well. Yes, of course. But he's actually not injured. He's just, he's just failed his return to play. Dropped out, yes. Just dropped out of the imminent squad. But, yeah. Watch this space. See, because yes. there could be... There is room if... Because Johnny Mays... From the looks of that elbow dislocation, gone. He will not be playing for a long time. He's played five games in the last nine months, and he he might not be playing another game for four. Yeah, or but five elbow months. dislocation. I mean, you know, as as things go, it, it's not the end of the world. Well, it, so yeah, I'm not saying his career's over, but yeah. it it all depends on the the ligament damage. Because if you tear a load of ligaments in there at the same yes, time, is that. it could be you could be six months out. Uh, oh, let's hope not. Yeah, so. There is room then. If if Arundel is also injured, there is room to call up some of the guys like Marchant or Elliot Daly or Slade that we mentioned before. OHC. OHC could come up. Anthony Watson, who's not in the squad, mm. could could be called up. Mm. And Murley could be in line to start. Oh, yeah, Murley was picked. <clears throat> Murley, Now, yes. what have I been saying about this kid? Murley, fair play. Because yep. he, he is, he's maybe the form winger in the Premiership. He's great. He's absolutely he's been, phenomenal. He's been fantastic. So so fast, dynamic, good feet, better than Lewis Liner. I don't know what <laughs> in every way. I don't know what you need. What, what more do you do, boys? He does make good decisions. I'll give him that. And, he let, does? and let's talk about that because that was the most impressive performance of the weekend, wasn't it? Is that what we need to talk about? Is this the one yeah, we need to talk good. about? This, this is what you want to talk about. Is it top of the table clash? You want to talk about London Irish? No. Top of the table clash. Fine. Let's talk about this one. <laughs> what do you want? It was just... Well, I, I just... Oh, go on. It was just... At sales patch, Harlequins out, did what they did, but they managed to out-sale sale at the things that they did, which was it awesome. And uh, Phil, you've talked a lot about Jack Kenny, and he kind of... He sort of epitomised no, the, the I've grit s- that they I've had. I've spoken that a lot about Jack Kenny. That guy flies around. Yeah, yeah, you've been going on about Jack Kenny as well. But he... That guy just puts himself in harm's way at every possible opportunity. It's a great... Considering that back row is missing, the, the leader of the back row, Dombrant... Um, no, the leader is Will Evans. And their captain. And the captain. Will, Will yeah. Evans. Well, when Lavise isn't there. Dom, Dombrant. Or is he captain even when Lavise is there? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But they're missing Dombrant. But those two are awesome. Will Evans is excellent. Kenningham and Will Evans are class. There's a real exclamation mark on this win when Will Evans absolutely obliterated Tom Curry. Mm. I mean, that was a, a real a real statement hit. But yeah, Sale... When you watch this game, you watch the first 20 minutes in particular and you think Sale are going to win this and they're going to win this quite comfortably because they're doing what they do. They're getting over the gain line. But Harlequins managed to have their defence bend a lot but it never really broke hmm. and that was the important part and the longer they could stop sale the easier it is sale the easier it was to actually stop sale effectively what we were looking at is sale playing like a bunch of schoolboys and I mean that in the sense that they think they're bigger and stronger they, they're expecting to break tackles and offload and they got really careless some of the ball possession oh, some of sales passing and oh. offloading was, was bad I, 
it's particularly up, uh, particularly up front. I mean, they they were also interested in carrying and offloading. They mm. forgot their basics, and the basics is keep your head down, recycle the ball, do rucks. But you know, they're all looking for you know the the next wonder play. Uh, I would say it's about sale. Three of their players, I thought, were outstanding. I thought O'Flattery was outstanding. Sam James. Oh, he might be. He might get a spot on the wing. Surely, if there's uh, he could do. Yeah, two hope players so. out. Yeah, because he's really playing his heart out. He's great. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's fine. Um, Joe Carpenter was. I really thought he was good. class. Yeah, I, under the high ball, he was amazing. So I, I, he's only come on my radar this this season. Yeah, I only heard about him like two three weeks ago. Yeah, he's he's looking brilliant. And Sam James, I thought those three had good games. Everybody else was completely forgettable. Tom Curry did some very good things as well. He put in some good hits, good carries. So I was watching Tom Curry today, and do you know what I think? I think he's really annoyed that Dan and John Luke Dupree are such good ball carriers, <laughs> and I think he tries to emulate them in, in like what what he does, which is why he's so aggressive with his ball carrying. I actually don't think he was that good today. I thought he got played off the park by Will Evans for large. Um, for large periods um, I'm trying to think who played well in the sale pack I tell you who played poorly is Manu Tuolangi like completely effect, effective um, sorry unaffected unaffected ineffective ineffective yes what, what word was I trying to conjure effectiveless effectiveless <laughs> effectiveless <laughs> anyway doesn't really matter ineffective well ineffective yeah, I don't know if that's because he lost weight. I, I don't know if it's because he's been up too many mountains. I don't know if it's just like <laughs> too a, much, wa- too much a one-off coffee. game. Too much coffee. Too much coffee, yeah. Too, too much barista-ing. But he just was not very good. Uh, I think, did Murley run over him at one point? Just you know, bounced him back. Uh, and then he, he was, gives away the penalty trying to get back on side. He was playing against one of the few players in the world as big and strong as he is. Yep. In Esther Hazen. But... Even Esther, even Esther Taylor's playing his absolute best. He isn't as powerful as Manu. He, no, Manu had that ex- explosivity. Now that is a word. Um, <laughs> he doesn't seem to have that now. He doesn't have, seem to have much of any of that stuff at the moment. I'll be honest. I've never, I've never seen Manu have like a Manu defining game in a sales shirt. I've never seen it. I completely agree with you. I've seen him have some mad games. Yeah. Like when he's really fired up and just flying around everywhere and you know, they've had to take him off. Mm. The semi-final against Exeter a few years ago it was one of those. But yeah, I completely agree. They they put him at 12. It feels like he's accepted he's a 12 for the time being. He has England. to be if he wants to wear... Yeah. Well, if he wants to wear the sales shirt, he's actually more likely to get in as a 13 for England because of <coughs> Faz playing 12. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Uh, and I, th- I wonder if that's taken away from, <coughs> from his game as well, just not giving him that extra bit of space to, to mm. work with. And Because he never played 12 at Tigers. No. Um, in fact, I can't remember a single time he played 12 at, um, 12 at Tigers. So I, there's going to have to be some thoughts about what we mm. do, with, what they do with Manu. <laughs> what we do. <laughs> um, but we, we did get to see in this game the perhaps the two greatest ball-playing fly-halves the world has ever seen. Yep. And... Magic Marcus came up on top. He did. Now, I think you would refer to this as regression to the mean, would you, would you not, Phil? <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps, yes. The thing is, you can't be the world's greatest fly-half every week, can you? Yes. Especially not when you're playing against the other potential greatest. Yeah. That's the biggest takeaway. Rob Dupree is human. Yes. yes. That's, all we've, that's all we've learnt this weekend. Uh, um, Marcus Smith 
while he was human a couple of weeks ago when Quinn's got hammered by Leicester, he some of the things he did was <laughs> that in, kick, inhuman. That kick unreal. was real. To to have there's so much about that kick. He had a fraction of a second from pass to kick. He had the vision to do it, which are two those just those two things alone are amazing. But to execute it in the manner that he did, with the slight curve on it, to have the right pace, yeah, like, lovely, isn't it? it was unbelievable, that kick. I love Danny Kerr's reaction to it. Danny Kerr, do you see when they score, like, Danny Kerr isn't like, oh, it was something like really innocuous, but it was the attitude and the <laughs> and the way he said it, like, there we go, or, uh, you know... Uh, back to normal or something, something like, like, like something really sort of like yeah regression no regression to the mean regression to the mean boys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was great the fact Danny Care is not the fact that Eddie Jones cannot make Danny Care play like Danny Care for England tells you everything you need to know about Eddie Jones because he's brilliant he's every bit as good for Harlequins as Marcus Smith is every did, bit did you see I'm, 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 let's not get into a big conversation about that but there is a massive massive difference between the opposition at club and international level yeah that, that well, is true he, uh, today they were playing against the world's best fly half <laughs> and Rafi Quirk who was England's best fly, uh, be, best scrum off and Manu Tuolagi and Manu Tuolagi yeah. one well, of the best centres to ever to I, play the game yeah I mean that is a, in, uh, the England the England seven <laughs> Um, and it's just a monstrous pack, and they they absolutely unstitched them. Uh, yeah. w- one thing, did you see the Eddie quote this week about um, we're judges on the World Cup? We're going yeah, to we're going to hide our hand. We're not going to show all of our cards until the World Cup. I have not made the cards yet. Which is, I I kind of get it, and I'm I'm very much an Eddie Jones fan. I'm kind of I kind of get that statement. But it's also exactly what I would say if I was all out of ideas and yeah. I just wanted to make sure I get another 12 months of a phenomenally high-paying job before going on and doing <laughs> something else. Do you know what else he thought? Oh, um, sorry, go on. No, 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 after you. I was going to say one other thing he was talking about. Um, I don't know if it was in the same interview, but he was he was talking about he, oh, we need to do a bit more. And he's he's part of a brains trust with a load of basketball and American football coaches. Mikel, is Mikel Arteta in that little group? I think he is, yeah. Mikel Arteta and the a couple of NFL coaches. I think I think one of the ones, it might have been a, a, a Belichick, one of the ones that came out of the Belichick uh, stable who's now doing his own thing. Anyway, uh, what some NFL teams do, which Eddie Jones said England need to do, try a bit more of, he thinks it could really unlock something, is mime training so <laughs> I don't mean practicing how to pretend you're inside a glass box um, I mean I mean training without speaking so they you get so in tune with each other you can you can just this is just nonsense off. isn't it it's absolute nonsense like this is why coaches shouldn't be able to speak to each, to each other because the problem is and you sometimes see it in the amateur levels the coaches get so caught up with how important they are and how important their process is, they forget about the players and they forget about what the players need to do and what players value and about the most important thing of all, winning games. So yeah, we didn't win today, but we stay true to our DNA. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And it's a process and we'll review it. No, you won't. You've got to win. And... Yeah, I, I hate all this nonsense. I, I th- it is exactly that, isn't it? It's just nonsense. We all know it's nonsense. That that does sound like nonsense. I mean, imagine Phil. Imagine trying to count bricks with blindfolds. <laughs> but like, you, you, you know, that's why we've got to do it. We've got to <clears> count <throat> the brick, bricks with blindfolds. So when we take the blindfolds off, you're going to be much better. Yeah, I'm, I can be at one with the bricks. Yeah, yeah. You, can you review a contract without you know <laughs> without seeing it? Can you imagine the contract? <laughs> or Tim doing your show without talking. And then when you can talk, imagine imagine how you connect with your audience. Maybe that's how um, that's maybe that's what um, PRL and the RFU did with the fit and proper test. Uh, well, quite well for for Premiership owners. Funny enough, I thought you were going to say that <laughs> that's what that's what PRL did when the Queen died. Which is okay. We're going to communicate what's going to happen without using any words, <laughs> any words written or spoken. And if you, you they could just work it out by the vibe. <laughs> Um, in this in Very this good. in this brains trust, it includes uh, Mikel Arteta, as yep. you mentioned. Josh McDaniels, many chance. Uh, the list I've got in front of me is Matt Lafleur, yep. Green, Green Bay Packers head coach, NBA for- Hall of Famer George <laughs> Carl, and Mike Dunlap, who is ass- assistant coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they get a lot out of it, but you know, do they get enough to justify the time that they spend doing it? Probably not. Hmm. And I reckon what some of these American coaches are like. I wonder what we can get these. Uh, wonder what they can get these. Because rugby is a small sport compared to American football. Yeah. I wonder what we can convince them to do. You know, we're we're the big guns here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mime mime training is where it's at. Mime training. <laughs> yeah. Get Owen Farrell doing mime training. <laughs> uh, well, there was um, a European tour paid for a really high-profile social media guy to join them. Uh, this is the golf, yeah. And one of the things he did was bad coaching, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. Oh, the video of bad coaching. Have you ever yeah, seen bad coaching? It's yeah. so funny. So they'd get Rory McIlroy out with some fans, and he would coach them really badly. And it'd literally be things, literally the stuff, kind of stuff we're joking about now, yeah. trying to hit a golf ball. like Close your eyes. Yeah, cl- close your eyes and feel the ball. <laughs> or like covering the golf ball with grass before you hit it, uh, so it blends in with its surroundings. <laughs> uh, just all, uh, all sorts of things. It's brilliant. So yes, I'll tell you before before we depart on to any other games. Uh, just uh, and this needs nothing more than just a quick readout. We've got a couple of emails at contacteggchasers at gmail dot com. Some we've got two in particular which I really enjoyed. Sorry, we've got two in particular that I really enjoyed. And I'm pretty sure you'll yeah. know which ones they are. I, I really enjoyed this one from Sam Sutton Reed, who played his first game of rugby. Good in twelve lad. years. Good lad, Sam. Well done. And he said, hi, lads. Uh, love the pod. Blah, blah, blah. I ran out for Mersey Island second team today, otherwise known as Mersey Island Rhinos. Brilliant game. Great result. 
Why have I not been playing this whole time? Let the boys play, Sam. Well done, Sam. Play. He's got his centre for suited up. I particularly like that that's a, that's a second team type pitch, end of a pitch I'm looking at. Slightly boggy, thick grass just on the edge of the pitch. And um, good man, back out on a rugby field again. And then Christopher Egan also said uh, the subject of the email is back to the club. He says, love the pod. And inspired by you gentlemen, I recently went back to Five Ways, old Edwardians, who I used to play second team rugby for. So he's been listening to us and we, we've been encouraging people, just get back to your local club. And and he did exactly that. Uh, it wasn't to go back to play because after a bad concussion, he doesn't have the confidence for contact anymore. Fair enough. JB would be the first to say and always says, it's not for everyone. And that's absolutely great. It's brilliant you went back to your club. However, uh, Chris is a, a hobbying photographer, took his camera along and has now effectively become the club's photographer. The shots are being used on social media to promote the club. Somebody else came down with a drone and filmed some of the match. And, Amazing. And their sort of hobbyist drone flyer, that's being used by the club for analysis. They shared that with the opposition as well so they could do the same. Awesome. The captain's partner was sorting match fees after the game and he just makes the point it takes more than players to help run a club. If you can't play there, there's many other ways to support your club and they'll welcome you back with open arms. That's so true. Yeah. And do you know, that club photographer role is actually uh, one of the most popular jobs that anyone can take. Lads love looking at themselves post-game. <laughs> I, I used to love waiting for the um, for the photos to Mrs. come Mrs Duffy. Up. Yeah, from, from, from Gaynor Duffy. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, well, can I tell you about what I did this this weekend? Uh, yes, please. So you were not, of course, because you've been a little bit unwell recently. You were not playing for your beloved Toki. Yes, I'm still on the road to recovery. The road, the road to the D- Dubai Veterans Sevens, as the Veterans Tens, which I'm playing soon. Nice um, against uh, all of the Wigan Rugby League team. Uh, so circa 2000. That will be difficult for me. <laughs> um, Ah, I went to watch some local rugby. So Tok H went to play Sefton and we, we got a win. We kind of expected that. Good lads. So I thought, well, I'll go and watch well, whoever else is playing. And I travelled to Widnes, to the enemy, mm. to the layer, to watch Widnes play LSH. And just going there as a complete neutral, just to sort of watch LSH, see what they're up to, watch Widnes. We had an awesome day out. An mm. absolutely awesome day out. Uh, uh, the, the welcome that we got was absolutely brilliant. There must have been a couple of hundred pe- 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 uh, um, a couple of hundred pe- people there. Now, if you want to see how a rugby club should be supported and 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 run, you you do a lot worse than going down to Witness to watch a game. Absolutely brilliant. Now, the score mm, they'll probably regret that, but uh, yeah, it was it, it it was absolutely quality. And the reason I bring this up, uh, first of all. You, like, watching local rugby just as a, as an event going down as a neutral was bloody exciting because I, I didn't have um, my talk H hat on, uh, my talk H hat on didn't support anyone I could just actually enjoy the rugby mm-hmm. which is abs- absolutely brilliant but the other thing is and I'm going to have to get a bit a bit political here the RFU are at it again the RFU are up are up to their normal tricks so there is a bunch of presentations going around of which I have all on my phone mm. And over the next 12 months, the RFU, wait for it, are trying to reimagine rugby. Can you imagine anything is going to come good from reimagining rugby? Dep- depends on what way they're trying to do it. What would, you, what would you reimagine about rugby, Phil? I don't know. I'd, I'd like more people playing it, uh, more people turning up, putting money behind the bar. 
Yep. Can you imagine those things? I mean, I can imagine that, but that's definitely not what they're reimagining. No. They, they want to rip it all up and just reimagine it. What, what could it possibly be? Tim, can you, could you reimagine rugby? What, what would reimagining rugby mean to you? Well, how about I put uh, Guillaume, who's also e- emailed us. I reckon this is the email you really liked. Uh, Guillaume would reimagine rugby in this way. Uh, and I'll, I'll jump through most of his email and I might come back to that. But he said he says um, he mentions he loves big hits. Yeah, what he says is why he played. It's a way of releasing aggression. It's why rugby's a brotherhood, and why we're going out and risking it all with brothers in arms. Might I point out this uh, new exciting brand of rugby that everyone seems to like at the moment is built from the platform of aggression that is provided by the eight hunks of beef in the pack. Correct. Um, he he then says unpopular opinion, and this is how Guillaume, uh, contact chasers at gmail dot com would reimagine rugby he says rugby should be recategorized as a blood sport then promoted like ufc completely or boxing completely treated agree. like modern day gladiators uh, the ancient roman entertainers not the 90s tv show i could not agree more in fact I'm, i think i've been basically saying that but less eloquently for the best part of 10 years now I keep on saying, if UFC can exist, well, this can exist. Now, I bet if I reimagined rugby along those lines and presented it to the RFU, do you think they would go, well, that's a great idea? You'd have a heart attack. Yeah, no, we don't want contact. Uh, we want, I mean, you've got, you've got to read this, these presentations. They're absolutely horrendous. And they're so, Where are they? Are they publicly available? Uh, good question. They are. Let me tell you, the, I'll tell you exactly where they're from. They are written by Steve Granger, who is the head of... Uh, whatever it is, community, community game. Uh, there's another guy in the RFU who's head of, like, player experience or something, which is bizarre. Um, something Congress it is, something Game Congress. So it's, so it's like two two days and there's three presentations. And it's just it's just management bullshit and nonsense. I mean, there's no other word for it. And, you know, they highlight things like s- s- supposed problems. One One problem of which is that... There are fewer volunteers, and they're being constantly burdened with extra legal and um, administrative tasks. I'm thinking, oh, really? And whose fault is that exactly? <laughs> like, where do you think the blame would lie for this? Uh, and uh, just to prove that point, you know, if you want a job with Lancashire and you go to their central committee or whoever they are, and you say, hey, you can have, can I have a job, the only one available at the moment is inclusion and diversity officer. What? Is that even necessary? Like, none of these things are necessary. Uh, and the more you read it, you, the more you realise that the RFU are trying to pull away from the men's game. Yeah, and they're doing it, and they're using these very... Uh, you know, they're using statistics to sort of back up what they're saying. Like, the men's game is dying, we need to focus on touch rugby and women's rugby. Well, I guess if you've been taking the money away from those areas and putting them in these other areas, that I, I guess it would die, wouldn't it? I guess it would die. So I, I, I think we need to... I, I was always thinking we should just get rid of the RFU altogether all, all, all now. <laughs> like, you have a coup for the RFU. Well, just have, a, have an organisation that looks after men's rugby. Have another organisation that looks after women's rugby. And then have another organisation that looks after things which are not rugby, like touch. So um, there are, there's loads of um, so-called evidence about people really want a non-contact version what you're telling me is people really want not, not to play rugby. But we don't care about those people because we're the rugby football union. It's, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. It's almost like saying, it's almost like saying there's a lot of people that want to play football, 
But there's even more people that don't want to play football. <laughs> and we need to cater We need to, to capture all of them. Yeah. How do we capture the people that don't want to play football? We can have a, a coffee morning for them. Yeah. And, and, and we can make rules for it, and it'll be really good fun. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if these are public, these... Um, these presentations but it, it's just not good i'll tell you the other one as well there is um there is some consideration uh being put into this touch idea which i've had and one of the considerations is we must not pressure the touch players into playing contact that sounds like a very one-way street to me mm. so no, you, you, no. If, if you haven't read that this email from guillaume jb you should i have I'll, actually I'll just, re- I, I'll just read you another paragraph um he says, uh, on promoting causes, which, you know, you've just been talking about govern- governance, and this is one thing you talk about uh, quite a lot recently. He says, let me start by saying I'm a big advocate of LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. Likewise. Uh, in brackets. This is the part where you read ahead assuming some horrendous point of view. <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, rugby has been a sport that has never mattered. <laughs> Shape, size, creed, sexuality, etc. Rugby is a sport for all. We pride ourselves on it. We don't need to join the hordes of Fortune 500 companies changing their profile pictures on social media to show how uh, in tune they are with this point of view. It's who we are. I've never heard any of the horror stories that you get from the um, uh, from people that kick an odd-shaped ball around and call it a beautiful game. Um, He's not so, wrong, is no, he? Not all negative. Yeah, and can we stop and appreciate the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's talking about that, and then he uh, says, closing statement, why is the rugby community so focused on criticising rugby? Listening to you guys is infectious. Uh, this is a sport that's all about community, and we're letting outside points of view take control. Yeah. The last thing on, on these presentations, um, they keep saying that there's more and more concern about head injuries and the physicality of the game. Now... The way I look at the world now is very much that we are being lied to about pretty much everything in the world. You know, <laughs> um, there's there's no recession in America because we're just told it to, told it told it doesn't happen. Um, well, if you redefine a recession, yeah, you just redefine it, right? It, it, it's never going to happen. Yeah, you know, um, we're told that we can print money forever because, of course, we can print money forever. Uh, we're told that there's no you know, consequences to that, JB. Cause zero that's, consequences, that's absolutely none. Uh, we're oh. told that if you're worried about Im- that if you're worried about immigration, say that you're just a bigot and a racist, and it's undeniably good in all um, in all its forms. You the know, only uh, way to the only uh, the only reason that the your fuel bill is got doubled oh. since January and will double again in April next year is because of. Um, a, a war that's the only reason it's, it's nothing to do with reason. the green agenda and there's absolutely no link between the more drilling that we do and lower prices no link to it whatsoever so people just lie all the time they, they just, that, that, that is the new normal now the new normal is whatever the narrative is that you want to promote you just lie and there's absolutely no consequences to lying whatsoever so using this tactic what are the RFU doing you know if they're saying that everyone's worried about um, you know, concussions or the physicality of the sport. I mean, I'm not saying lie, but at least tell your version of it. At least keep on hammering like a lobby group, like an actual special interest group should do, which the RFU are. Just keep on with the message. It is safe. It is safe. It is safe. It is not for everyone. It is safe. Don't pander to this absolute nonsense and then be surprised when people are worried about it. If you put these things front and centre, and then you are absolutely astonished that people are now talking about it, that's your fault. 
That's your fault. And they keep on referring to, well, post-COVID, numbers haven't actually bounced back. Well, what were you doing during COVID? Were you lobbying or were you taking orders? Because I believe that you were taking orders rather than lobbying. Go find your own experts, your own scientists, and put forward your uh, you know your own case for why we should have got, got back to playing quicker. We were the last sport to come back. And one of the reasons that we were the last sport to, sport to come back is because the RFU had absolute terrible leadership in, in getting us two back. If you remember the return to play, the return to play protocols, or whatever it was, it's it, it talk about like it's, it's like a six week workup to get ready for contact. Mm. Meanwhile, back in the olden days when everything was normal, you'd see third teamers. <coughs> in fact, you'd see first teamers not show up for an entire year, rock up, throw on their boots, and play. Mm. They didn't spend six weeks working up to it. <laughs> but no. That's uh, exactly what the RFU did. So uh, it's uh, all of this stuff in these presentations are complete and utter nonsense. I'm Conf- done now. Confirmed. You can you can, you can move on to other things. <laughs> uh, um, uh, well, how about how about jumping onto another game? And uh, I'll I'll get there <laughs> via a someone who wants to be regarded who's WhatsApped me. So someone I someone I know but wants to be referred to as concerned Chiefs fan. <laughs> said we need a specialist front row coach that's all mm, I'm saying interesting need a specialist front row coach don't know well I don't know that is we so Chiefs, okay. so yeah Chiefs and obviously referring to this game which they conceded a number of penalties at scrum time and the penalty that, that won the game for Saracens was a scrum time penalty. Um, I can understand his perspective after this game, and what they've tried to do is bring in. They've tried to bring in guys who've got the raw materials to be good scrummagers, but aren't necessarily technically good scrummagers. Mm. And I'm, I'm referring, of course, not to Harry Williams and Hepburn, but to um, the two props who are on the bench, Isafia Scott and Patrick Schickling, yes. um, English or not, who are, they're big, strong boys, but are they good scrimmagers? Well, see the last couple of scrums in this game to answer that question. The problem with scrimmaging is, um, it's so hard to teach. Hmm. Like, unless you do it over and over again, and you know how it feels, like, the amount of lads that ask me, can you teach it? Can you do a scrimmaging session? I mean, I can. I can break it down and you can do all of the RFE mandated stuff and you can build it up, you know, two versus three and yada, 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 yada. But until you do it and you practice and you try different things and you come up against different opposition, I mean, you can give people guidance, but it's just so hard to teach what it feels like. Mm. I don't know how well, to do I it. Think, I think that's the, that's the crucial point. It's not that you cannot coach it. It's that it's a very, very hard thing to coach, which maybe just backs up the point that that concerned Chiefs fan made, which is that they need a specialist. I'm not even sure the specialists know. I mean, I know they get paid to know, but I, I'm pretty sure that if you've got two specialists and you ask them to both teach you how to play tight head, they would tell you completely different things based on their experience of playing that position. That's if they even played that position. They might have played loose head. So if mm. you play tight head all of your career and then you're asked to teach someone to play loose head you have no idea what is occurring no idea I'd say someone who will be uh, saying ignore everything you've just said Matt Proudfoot 
who is earning hundreds of thousands of pounds in uh, having sold being the best scrum coach in the world because he coached the most dominant South African uh, yeah. uh, scrum to a World Cup. Of course, he's going to say, JB, everything you're saying is total nonsense. Well, Matt Proudford, who's, who's the other guy who'd never want coaching me? Who was the Northampton scrum coach? Uh, Fer- Ferguson, Matt Ferguson. Matt Ferguson. Matt Ferguson. Yeah, I, I love listening to him. On the, I mean, they, they call him on when a, a scrum's going badly, and he's always what, so... What's happening here? I don't know, all right? <laughs> I've never known. <laughs> You've just made me think about Matt Proudfoot's job interview. It's like, so, you know, tell, tell me about um, your job. Yeah, well... I really, really had to work um, to to get the best out of Franz Malherb. Yeah, yeah. well, it's kind of like when um, Dean Dean Ryan, when um, your boy Ryan, uh, Tim's ben boy Ryan, Ben Ryan, Ryan Ben Ryan, 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 like, Ryan, Ben Ryan. Can you believe Ben Ryan took the Fijians to to a gold medal? <laughs> How did he do that with, with you know the most talented boys in the world? I just don't get it. He must be one hell of a coach. <laughs> Uh, if I was interviewing for a scrum coach I would give it to the guy who admits that he doesn't know like tell me about scrummaging and if if you said yeah well this is how you lose head this is how you tight head I go I I don't I I just don't believe you that's a very uh, Russ Roberts thing to say what's that give me the guy who says I don't know yeah like I believe you can know about the setup. I believe Mm. you can know about the timing and the engagement but I don't think you can know about the actual art of scrummaging so what what i and I, I am not a scrummager you you guys know that more than anything but from what i kind of understand from it and it's the point i think it, this is the point that you were just making jay it's not teaching people is not the way to do it but creating the environment where they can explore and find out yeah. for themselves what what works but doing that in a almost safe to an extent or or certainly a repeatable manner because you mm. if you just do a hundred live scrums on a monday or 200 live scrums on a Monday, you're going to just injure up. You're going to just grind everyone to dust. But it's creating that environment where you can kind of learn in a, in a challenge environment. I know. Yeah. I know. Mime. Mime. Uh, yes. <laughs> Why don't we sit around and imagine scrimmaging? There's a, we, we spoke about it a while ago, about the, the grief, grease the groove. Do, do you work to failure or do you work for repetition? So you're doing lighter weight and more reps, but you can repeat it more frequently. Is, is that a better way of training than work to failure, but you can only repeat it once or twice a week? I don't know. Uh, cause actually, I, the answer is I don't know. I mean, scrimmaging actually is not that, it's not that taxing. If it was that taxing, you wouldn't do it what, 20, 20 to 30 times a game, you know, so you can actually yeah, scrimmage you, quite a lot. A game? Yeah, maybe 20 in a in a uh, an intense scrimmaging game. Yeah, and that's including all of your game-related stuff as well, and yeah, your walls and your rucks, and you add all that together, and you see why it's intense. Actually, if you're just doing scrimmaging, you can probably do it, you know, quite a long time. But yeah, it, it's very, very, very hard, I think, to replicate. Mm. And it's yeah, even well, harder to cost us. There's no question, as you pointed out, Phil. It, it did cost Exeter here. It did. Can it, I just tell it one? Did, it did in both, both the the ultimate decision, as in the end was the end lost lost them the game. But it, that wasn't the only scrum that they lost, was it? Can I just tell you one last scrummaging story about a very well known scrummaging coach who was still in the Premiership? He's still teaching scrummaging, and the advice that he gave to an England tighthead. Go on. You ready for this? So bend over and push is effectively it. Yeah, <laughs> is effectively it. So the England tight head said, 
who will, rena- who will remain na- na- nameless. Look, I got beat beaten here. What do you think I should do? And the scrum coach, I just said, you've got to push harder. Just push harder. And that, and that was it. 150k, please. Well, he's, he's not wrong. Defense not wrong, coach, line, spe- line speed. Yeah. Scrum coach, push harder. Yeah, push harder. Sorry, Phil. No. <laughs> all, all good for me. Um, the um, the Chiefs-Saracens game. Now this... So the, the three games... Three games... Uh, which, no, two games that I watched live... Or watch the end of live, shall I say? This um, extra Chiefs Saracens game and the London Irish Gloucester, which was an almost identical scoreline, twenty-one twenty-two and twenty twenty-two. They were both compelling games for slightly different reasons, and they both came down to to late um, kicks to to complete the game. Um, but this it was an interesting finish. This game because you thought after. Saracens went 19-10 up through to the penalties, didn't they? um, Saracens went 19-10 up, and then Chiefs came back with that Vermoulin try with the Henry Slade penalty with three minutes to go, and you thought they were going to... They got out of jail, they were going to hold it together. Yeah, again after that Quinns Mm -hmm. victory. And Leicester at home. There are other home games. Yes, God, the Leicester game. Yeah, yeah. Um... But they just didn't quite, and it, ultimately it came down to that scrum um, with Shickling, the pressure going going through him, and Isafia Scott as well. Yeah. But then, good off the bench to step up, cool as you like, and slot that. That was um, I, I, that was quite a special moment, actually. It is because I love Alex Good. Um, he's getting on a bit now. <clears throat> Thirty-four, I, th- I, I think. Mm-hmm. He seems to be. He seems to have played for as long as I've watched rugby. Mm. But um, yeah, it was ace. It was, it was ace to see him sort sort of penalty and the commentary team just just go wild about Alex Good. About yeah, about time. About they got time. A, a bit more love. Yeah. So it was a good game overall. There's some brutal hits. Um, Jack Vermaelen looks quality wearing the number eight number eight shirt after a long injury last year. He looked awesome. Chris Tishunza. Again, looks awesome. There's there's um there's a lot of positives to be taken for this from from the extra chief side, um, but ultimately falling short. Mm. I was going to ask a question. What was the extra crowd like? Don't know. There was there's definitely some patches in it. I don't. I've not seen the. They've still not filled that stadium yet. Yeah. They've still not managed to get a full house in. Yeah. It is worrying. Still the. Biggest crowd outs except for. Hmm. Hmm. So here's a question. I don't for you. know. Anyway, uh, Welford Road. Sorry. Were mm. Were there some of... boos aimed towards Saracens? They were for the kick at the end. So people are getting quite upset about this booing, are they not? I've seen a few bits on Twitter, but uh, I kind of. I, it's one of those where there's. Generally, in, in certainly in England, there are most clubs pride themselves on not booing. Like um, Tim and I, years ago, watched Ulster and uh, Ulster v Leicester at Welford Road, and every time there's a kick, they put up on the big screen, "Please respect the kicker," and they do. Everyone was deathly silent to the point where 
a motorbike went past when his kicker was lining up and the crowd was shushing the motorbike. Makes sense. Because Makes sense. They, won't accept, they won't accept any noise. Um, so if you're one of those clubs, like Leicester, because they do take it so seriously, I think that you should entirely um, follow it. I think it, it's... Yeah. So you're disrespecting the traditions. I don't necessarily believe that Exeter have those traditions. They're not don't have all the same history that a club like Leicester does and therefore they can do what they want I completely agree and if it makes this fixture even more spicy good and also we've said this before but in France they boo they we shouldn't criticise them because that's part of their culture exactly in Argentina they shine laser pens in your eyes it's part of the culture it we is should, exactly we should let the if boys you play have a pen in your eye what's the point exactly in fact that's what Exeter should do next Laser pens. <laughs> Get, uh, Facundo Cordero on the sideline <laughs> yeah. with his laser pen. Hand them out. So, but before we move on to the next Saracen, game, I've got a small yeah, quiz. Saracen six from six looking good. What's, what we, oh, go, on, go on, JB, before we go on to another game. Uh, I've got a small quiz. It's only, okay. It's only oh. one question. Okay, very small quiz. Right. Uh, and the first, the first person to answer wins. Okay. So, which club am I? On Saturday, 10th of September... We beat Wallingford, 30 points to seven. Marlowe. Correct him. It is Marlowe, who again won this week 20 points to 18. Tim, you are the world's biggest Marlowe fan. You're such a massive Marlowe. How did you know the result from the 10th of September? Do you know what? Um, the, there's, a, there's a big bunch of us that go away um, in October, this October half term every year. It's become a bit of a thing. And one of the kids of one of the friends that's come along, he is the scrum half for Marlow under 13s. And I've been helping him with his pass. Oh, there nice. uh, look, giving back, giving back to his old club. Very nice. So do, do you know where Marlow stand in the, in the table at the moment? Top. They're second. Uh, I, I, they're, oh yeah, I was going to say they're, they're somewhere near the top. They're, well, they've won seven from seven. Okay, so they're going to so be quite they're close. Going to be pretty the, close. They're, they're, they're <laughs> all thereabouts. Um, do you know who's, who's top of their league in Counties One Tribute Southern North? Uh, Let me just read that so again. <laughs> counties One Tribute Southern North. What about um, Reading Abbey? Uh, Reading Abbey. Oh, I'm sure. 12th, six, lost six from six. Okay. I'm, I'm impressed I picked a team that's in the same league. Yeah, it's um, very good. That I mean, is, you, well, you know who they beat on the 10th of September. So. <laughs> o- Oxford Harlequins. I was going to say an Oxford club. No. So I, don't, I don't know that part of the world particularly well. No. no. I know Reading. Well, you don't know Ox- Tribute South North. Particularly <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, top of that league, <coughs> Bracknell. Chinna. Chinna. Chinna three. Chinna, th- Chinna thirds. I don't know if it's Chinna th- thirds. It just says Chinna three. Chinna are in National 1, so it must be their thirds. No, they're in Championship, mate. Uh, okay, Championship. Ch- Chinna so. beat uh, Coldy this weekend. Okay, so yeah, it must be their thirds. No, 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 that's not... I can't... No, 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 no. Coldy played Abtil. Yes, you're absolutely right. You are right. Chinna are in League 1. Yes, well, uh, well done, Tim. I stand corrected there. So yeah, great, uh, great victory for your boys, Tim. Yeah. How did how did Aylesbury get on? I will tell you very, very shortly. Sensei Park I, got another win, Phil. They're looking against good at the top of. Uh, they're looking good at the top of. Uh, two north, or not, are they? In, yeah, uh, not two north. Um, good, get, good win against Rotherham. Um, filed one as well, though. So I think I think it's just those two continuing on 
unbeaten, uh, and they play each other in two weeks' time when we will be in Malaga. Tasty. Cheering on our boy. I'll be cheering on Sir Charles. JB will be JB will, is painting a go Israel go banner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, something similar, something very very similar. <laughs> so, interestingly, let me see. Yeah, it's, so filed the top. They've, I think they played Hammersmith and Fulham this, this week, um, Aylesbury. Which means they're in, they could be in for one hell of a hiding if 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 they weren't careful. Mm. Mm. I will come back to you. Um, yeah, at the top of National League Two North, uh, Sedgley have played seven one seven and are on thirty two points because they got uh, four bonus points. Filed played seven one seven seven bonus point wins. So Filed are going great guns this year. Yeah, sadly Aylesbury lost at home twenty four fifty three. Oh. But did you see that Aylesbury had good bad rugby and Mike Tyndall playing on their field uh, this week? No, I did not. Yeah, they did That's a whole cool. RFU community thing where I guess they reimagined rugby or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was that was Aylesbury um, <coughs> with with Dylan Armitage kicking the conversion at the end. Fantastic! Yeah, That's pretty cool. Yeah, so Hammersmith and Fulham have won. They've basically not scored any less than forty-three points. Is there? A uh, smaller score, and they've twice got eighty-seven points. Eighty-seven points to nil against Baconsfield, or Bacon, Baconsfield, or Be- oh, however you say it. And um, yeah. poor old Windsor got absolutely hammered, eighty-seven-five. Well, no, I'm just looking at where Hammersmith and Fulham Rugby Club is because I'm, I'm often in Hammersmith and Fulham at the moment. Hmm. So interesting. Someone linked linked to them, tweet, tw- tweeted about, oh, yep, about yeah. me the other day, and said, "I'm the kind of gobshite he would like to play tw- uh, twice a year." Looking at the guy in his several chins, I very much doubt <laughs> it. I very much doubt it. <laughs> near, uh, near Parsons Green, that part of the world, very nice part of the world. Look at that! James Buckland played for for Aylesbury this week. James Buckland, their coach, the coach, former and London he- Irish hooker. Yep, ah. an, ex- an ex Tigers hooker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one more game to cover. Yeah. Friday night lights. Yeah, and another big moment at the end from, uh, and in, t- in terms of autumn international squads, Scotland's number one fly half, uh, Adam Hastings. Well, maybe depends if it's a Blair Kinghorn. Blair uh, Kinghorn. If he continues at fly half, I'm not. I, I, I don't really follow. Scottish the ins and outs of Scottish rugby closely enough to know, but um, Gregor does appear to like Kinghorn at fly half. But he Hast- Hastings is in the squad, and of course, he has been one- talking Hastings up. Um, yeah, that's just the point. Finn, Finn Russell, who set up three tries, scored eighteen points, and oversaw a win for Rassing this weekend. Um, maybe in response, but it's it's a it's it's a fascinating one, isn't it? When you have got a talent like Finn Russell and you. You're not interested, or you want? Does he want to give him a little kick up the backside? I don't know. Yeah, they get faces, though, don't Greg, they? Gregor Townsend and Finn Russell on the face of it should be the perfect combo. No, they hate each other. I'm sure they do. They really do. Yeah, yeah, they do. It's like those uh, girls from Sex and the City, women from Sex and the City. Yeah, yeah, yes, they like each other on on screen. Behind the scenes, they hate each other. Hate each other. Are they two alike? Are they like the same ends of a magnet? Maybe. 
Maybe, or, yeah. I think I've said this before, about Finn Russell before, and I will say it about m- multiple misunderstood genius fly halves, which has upset coaches. Because as we spoke about before with Eddie Jones wanting to have his seminar with everyone else, it doesn't fit too well the fact that you have nothing to do with Finn Russell's success. Mm. You know, he can go out there and he doesn't care what the Milwaukee Bucks coach says or what Mikhail Arteta says because he is literally the overall world authority on the planet at that time of everything. And they prove it time and time again. And coaches hate that because it undermines all of their hard work. But I've taught you to do something else. It doesn't matter. This is what this, this is, is the what best thing do. to do. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, there's been speculation about Finn Russell whether he's playing well enough for Scotland at the moment, well enough for France at the moment. I don't. Sorry, in France at the moment for Racing. I don't know because I don't watch either of those things yep. closely enough. But I do know he's an incredible talent. The bit that I, I would say is, is kind of um, precisely what you've just hinted at, Tim. Is is this a, a kick up the backside? Like like you, it was referenced before about Billy got a bit of a kick up the backside and he's playing some fantastic rugby at the moment. The the danger with that as a tactic is it will work for certain players. It will not work for all oh, players. Oh, it's completely... It will work for certain players all the time and some players some of the time and some players it will never work for them. Yeah. And Finn Russell might fall into that latter camp. I feel we've been here before with Finn Russell, though. I feel we, and we we had this a little while ago. Yeah, yeah. we had you know they go into fa- in going phases, and I think yeah. as long as Gregor Townsend thinks he can keep his job and get rid of Finn Russell, he will do. But I think if his job was on the line, he'd bring Finn Russell back in a heartbeat. And in in go, in a World Cup year, going into a World Cup um, in twelve months' time, short of Finn Russell like, losing a limb, he's he'll be in that squad. Yeah, I agree. I, I just can't see. I can't see any coach because if if you go into that World Cup, if you go into that World Cup and you you perform poorly, you're going to lose your job. But if you go into that World Cup and you don't take one of the best players on the planet, you should never work again. Yeah, <laughs> like, you should cancel culture. Well, that that's it's that kind of thing. Like the, there'll be such massive question marks. You should over sit your on ego versus yeah. the ego of the, the benefit of the team. Like, no, you should never work again. Well, you should work again, but you should work doing those those, uh, those sort of panels, and you'd have to sit on a panel like Gerard Ratner and you know <laughs> the ex head of Lehman, like Lehman Brothers, and just discuss like how you messed your job up so so badly. That that's the only future employment that you'll have. Good reference to Gerald Ratner. Yeah, I've, I've wanted to get him into the podcast for years. years you know, yeah, and now yeah. I've got I've got it. Very good. There's a very good. Um, um, Cautionary Tales by Tim Harford on uh, Gerald Ratner. <laughs> is very really? good. Very good, yes. Yeah. It's is, worth listening this, to, actually. Is, could this be Gloucester's year? <clears throat> this is the kind of game that you need to win if you're going to make it Gloucester's year. You are 100% right, Tim. I think this might be Gloucester's year, but maybe not this year. Maybe, maybe, in, maybe in another 12 months. I struggled with this game a bit. So the it's, a bit, first, it's a bit stop-start. Yeah, the first half is fine. And I think both these teams are very, very good. Gloucester did their thing with their line-outs and their drives, and that's phenomenal. Well, well done, Gloucester. Um, that's just a hatful of points for them every single game. It's mm. really, really useful. But they, they both did it a bit. Yes. They both, they both went to their line-out. It's, you think of these teams, and you think about all the talent that they have, 
the Reese Zammets, the Arundels, all of the highlights that they put on the field week in, week out, particularly Irish. Second half, this degenerated into two very bad tribute uh, extra Chiefs acts. And neither of them were particularly good at it. If it wasn't for... Uh, if it wasn't for Hastings scoring that amazing drop goal, which also happened to be the last points that Gloucester got for that game, mm. then they would have lost it. It was the last points of the whole game. Yeah, uh, was it really? Yeah, yeah. So, so London I, Irish came, came close late on, but that was it. That was yeah. it. Gloucester are much more comfortable with defending than Irish are. Mm. I mean, Gloucester really relish it, and that's probably what got them over the line. Just with maybe maybe two exceptions, who I thought defensively were ex- excellent for Irish. One, uh, Bernard Yancey von Rensberg. Yep. Hits like a train. The other, who I thought had very good game, um, carrying and is it per- defending. Is it per- Pearson? Pearson. Yeah. yeah. Pearson, I he's thought. He's in England squad, isn't he? I think, he? I think he's not in this. He was in the... He was. He was in the one... I think he was in the summer. Then he was in um, the first round of the autumn. But he's not in it now. Good player. Very good player. He is. He's handy. Very handy, and he—I'd say who he reminds me of, who's on the injured list of players in terms of his work rate, but maybe offers a tiny bit more carrying—is Underhill. Interesting, interesting. Is he not a lot bigger than Underhill? Taller? Or I don't, don't think so. What's Underhill like? Five foot two. <laughs> he might be an inch or two taller, but I don't think he's particularly bigger. Okay. Um, what's it, where's his London Irish profile? That's that's might be the most accurate. Six foot three. Yeah, six three, hundred and fourteen kg. So, so he is bigger. So he is probably yeah. yeah. He's a big. He's, a, he's a huge boy. Yeah, he is bigger. Which will probably and he's listed as, as Some a Underhill's like six six two and only. So a there's few no way Underhill's six two. Not six, a hope. Yeah, he is six one. Yeah, he's, he is. Is he? Oh, is he? He's because uh, to his English, his Wikipedia has him at six one. Yeah. So England has him at six one. Five eleven he is. He's six one as coin to England, and uh, according to England, he's one hundred and three kg. Yeah, I think one hundred and three looks about right. Yeah, okay. Six four. Mm. I'd say six four. So Pearson is if, if that's right for Pearson. God, that's bigger than I thought he was. Mm. Yeah, that's more yeah, like a, a Tom Curry size. I mentioned him. I mentioned him last week. Chandler Cunningham South BSB. Yeah. 19 years old, BSB. Nice quads as well. Mm. Essential. It's Essential. Very important. I tell you what, I've, I've uh, in the last week, I'm back to squatting. Um, I've not, I'm not squatted because I was running this half marathon. and I was, My squatting was obviously reducing naturally because I was running so much. Mm. And then I was finding when I was squatting, I was getting such bad doms, I was unable to run for a, for a few Uh-oh. days. So dropped it out completely completely for about eight weeks I've squatted twice in the last week both times nothing nothing major um, like 60-80 kilograms for kind of 40-50 reps but god the bad do- I'm after not squatting for two months my DOMS is horrific Some, I, I don't think it would save the DOMS but it definitely would save your back have you used those the, the, the ones where you don't load up on the back you load it up and you put a little belt thing around you th- um, no what is that I've not but I never my my technique is I pride myself on good squat technique, so I never have issues with my back. Touch wood. Front yeah. squat. Um, I've got no back issue. It's it's just the quads, glutes, hammies. Because obviously I don't just squat. I'll do various other things as well. But my my uh, my calves are fine because I've been obviously using them a lot from running. But 
the other muscles just have to not training them for for an extended period and going back to training them twice in a week god they have been stiff this I, week i would love to know what happened to me mid midweek so when by wednesday i, I i've been in bed all week tim all week been very real and i woke up on wednesday or thursday and it is like i'd just done i don't know six hours of skipping on my calves really i've ne- yeah it felt I, I could hardly walk i've been lying what in type bed of ill the- is it jb what type of ill describe it DMV, uh, yeah, basically, basically, so like, basically what, um, Glasgow Warriors, Glasgow Warriors, and Ulster, yes, have had, I, but at the same right. time, well, do, have you read that? Rep- Interesting, they've had it at the same time when they're due, both due to go to South Africa. Well, they're both in South Africa. Oh, oh, they're in the same in, places. Oh, they? they're in. I thought they. I thought they. I thought they were stopping the journey. From no. Going. They're in. My understanding ah. of this, they're in. In the, the Ulster, the report that came out today, they had twenty nine players and thirteen support staff. So, pretty much the entirety of the squad that travelled tested positive for both E. coli and norovirus. Wonderful! Oh stuff. my! So that that will have been a tough. Like the game was cancelled for obvious reasons. When you know that, um, that will have been. Horrible, yes, that's not ideal. <laughs> so oh. You share oh, that, I, 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 yeah. I, I don't feel so bad about me now. I only asked what you had because I've just had this because I, I couldn't do that podcast once where I lost my voice. And just over the last two weeks, just every I've, I thought I'm better, do a, a hard CrossFit session, and it just wipes me out again. And yes, and it's 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 horrible. I've got this thing now, uh. If I strain my stomach too much, I automatically feel sick. It's horrible. You just got to get over it. Just got to man up and do it. Yeah. Mm. Crack on. There's no other. There's no other way to do it. I'm afraid. Absolutely. Yeah. Particularly when you got to get in shape to play the Dubai, the Dubai Veterans Tens and be wearing speedos in our rooftop pool in Malaga. Christ! In two weeks' time, I'm going to be. I'm. I'm 89 kilograms now, Tim. That is what light for uh, eighty nine kilograms. What, what what age do you think you were when you were last eighty nine kilograms? Thirteen, probably. <laughs> 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 but when I get back to rugby, I reckon I'll be rapid. So yeah, there's that. Do you come and do a speed session with me tomorrow? I get can't. Every time that I run, things feel ugh. okay. So I, sprinting is out of the question at the moment. Well, we'll do do um. Speed session, an endurance speed session, not a sprint session, if you fancy it. Uh, we'll see. I'm going to go swimming, swimming okay. t- tomorrow for, for a few miles. See, see how it goes. That's bloody difficult too, actually. Everything's mm. difficult. Yes. Um, have you wrapped up Irish glossed glasser? I, I think so. Glasses. I think so. Yeah. Amazing kick. Great moment. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Poor, Just, poor, poor Johnny May. We've said it before. Poor Johnny but May. But yeah. well Ben Loder took that try brilliantly. Ben Loder's ace. Um, yeah. What games we've got next week? Oh, we have. Or, or, or. We so have. on Friday, Gloucester Exeter. Gloucester. Um, Tasty. Ooh. I think Give Exeter. me Chiefs. Yeah. yeah Exeter. Gloucester were gearing up. I, I, have, I think Chiefs as well. Although Gloucester at home. Yeah. Mm. Give me Chiefs. Exeter is too wily. I mean, if Gloucester try and play like Exeter again, they're going to get absolutely panned. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Gloucester were warming, like, Preparing it was a dress rehearsal for next Friday, but they're going to get beaten up if they try that against Exeter. Yep, um, I'll go. Uh, I'll go Chiefs by a few. Yeah, is Irish is Irish Harlequins next week? Yeah, so Quinn Quinn's host Irish at the Stoop. 
Uh, oh, if it, if it had been Irish Quins, I probably would have given the edge to Irish, but they'll... Quins. I mean, Irish always will raise their game for this one because they desperately want to beat Quins. But I remember saying that before and building it up. Oh, it's going to be great. Oh, make sure you get down to Brentford for Irish v Quins. They love this game. And then they got absolutely caned. Mm. There are some big, big games coming up. So this isn't one of them. Northampton, Bristol. Um, oof. Out of the gardens. I'm just hoping it's Northampton rather than, rather than anything else. Give me Bristol. They've had a week off, so they'll be able to play Genge. I'll go Bristol. Yeah, and Saints probably missing uh, Bigger and Laws again, which yeah, it does it causes them issues. Whatever's going to happen, could have Jack Willis by then. They could do. Whatever's yes. going to happen, if they manage to jettison another five players. Yeah, yeah. We need to, need to have another chat about how all of you guys are going to have to, going to, have, to have a pay cut. All of you. <laughs> Except for the top five pay, pay, paid guys. They can absolutely keep their money. Kyle, Ellis, Semi, Sir Charles. And AJ. And uh, Stephen. Oh, and AJ. And AJ, AJ's yes. in, the, in the high pay club. Yeah. Everybody else, you're guys, worthless. Guys, you turn left and everyone else turns right. Exactly. <laughs> I bet they have different canteens and everything. <laughs> Different menus, different changing rooms. Semi- no, Pat, Pat Lamb's just organising a, a version of Squid Games at Bristol. Exactly. <laughs> Probably even different diff, different weights. Se- Semi Randrandra's dog has a better diet <laughs> than most of the pack. Do you reckon that those? Do you reckon AJ and and the, and the other guys? They all go to a gym full of like Elinko weights, <laughs> and the others, well, you know, yeah, yeah, some rusting tin. Yeah, all, all those weights rain. that you fill up with sand. <laughs> it's like uh, the difference between Ivan <coughs> Drago in Rocky Four and Rocky in Rocky Four. Yes, exactly. Anyway, wonderful stuff at Bristol. Hope that they lose. Hope the Northampton Brist- win. Give me Bristol. Then on Sunday we've got Saracens hosting Sale. Ooh. What would have been Huge two game. two unbeaten teams, but now is only one unbeaten teams or teams. No I faz, no faz that. in this one. It'd be interesting to see what yeah. happens at fly half. They couldn't have lost at a worse time sale. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens at fly half. Do they bring up uh, Manu Vanapola, or do they move Good off Gude. the bench or Lazowski? In. Might be a useful FRD pickup for whoever's in last position. Are you guys the, still playing uh, in, FRD in, in your table? <laughs> Jay, Jay, I was to go on, I needed to mention this. You, you've got to start playing I, and putting I, some effort in. You're look, a commissioner. Is it, we've got bye weeks and we've got two missing teams. Are, are we the, really going to play this game? You're the commissioner. It is, it is a bit of a farce at the moment, though. Like with, with it is. They're being you've got a, they're being yeah. insufficient outside backs to actually complete half the fixtures. I, I might have to decommission the league. That, that's, that uh, might be sensible. Yeah, put us I'm, out I'm of doing all right, so maybe maybe don't. Anyway, yeah, t- what are you play? Who are you playing against? <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, Wasps Newcastle is a fixture here. Where are Leicester Tigers? Uh, that's interesting. Bye week. So they would they be on due, the bye they week. Were due to play, they were due to play Worcester or Wasps. Then now that then they've got a bye week, and then they're due to play the other of Worcester or yeah. Wasps. Yeah. Oh so Worcester, God. so Worcester were supposed to play Bath this week, and Wasps were supposed to play Newcastle. So Bath, Newcastle, Leicester have no game this week. Ugh. God, they they need to. I don't know if it's. I don't know if they can. I don't know if the tickets have been sold. They need to consolidate the fixtures. No, yeah, I know, I know, well, I know just, just on that, they they attempted to. They got the 
11 teams round the table and said, right, let's Two teams reorganize said no. our fixtures. Let's reorganize our fixtures. Um, you needed, um, out of the 11, you needed more eight or more to agree. Yeah. And there were at least four clubs that went, no. I don't think that's true, Tim. I think you needed unanimous agreement. Oh no no you are right it's unanimous it's yeah. something else where they need, no no and um, two clubs where, where four no. where four can veto something mm. there was that that no that was to do with the four was that salary cap maybe? to agree on the salary cap that's yeah, where I'm getting agree, confused yeah. you're you're right it had to be a unanimous decision and it wasn't unanimous and there was um, two teams do you know the teams no I know the teams do Go you on. know it was. Are you sure? Are you, like, are you, I'm 100 percent sure. I can't. I can't okay. tell. I, I'll tell you off air. Tell, yeah, but tell us off air. I, I'll okay. tell you why. Uh, one team has, I think, just been a bit awkward, but they'll have their own reasons. I don't know their reasons because that team has not told me. And the other team does have a good reason, which is they would lose uh, too many home games, which doesn't actually stack up to me because you'd have thought that. Well, they might have had fewer home games up to this point. Therefore, they've got more in the. But yeah. But yeah, uh, oh, no, it, no. Sorry, it was too many rearrangement, uh, rearrangements yeah. of their remaining home fixtures. That was the problem, not yeah. less. They so you get lower attendance at the remaining yeah. home games. Yeah. So they said, nope, not doing that. But also, you would lose. So you'd have more games each weekend, which means you would actually have fewer weekends of rugby, and therefore BT Sport would get. Fewer weekends, therefore the the deal, the TV well, not deal, necessarily would because you could just say like two teams play this weekend and three teams play next weekend. Yeah, yeah quite like they did Ugh. with the Premiership, like they have done with the Premiership Cup. But then I'd almost that's not that's not really much different to what it is now. If you're going to spread really? the games out, because yeah, now the right. games are spread out, so there's no there's no benefit to doing that. The benefit to it for me would be you can have actual genuine proper rest weekends where there's there's kind of time off the rugby almost yeah fair fair anyway oh, well. those are the fixtures hopefully everyone in the Ulster and Glasgow camps gets well soon that sounds like it's a bit horrible imagine being in a hotel where you and everyone you are there with is just sounds great out of both ends and, yeah. and you probably probably because it's you know just a URC fixture not a Heineken Cup fixture or whatever you probably are oh well, no. But anyway, you'll be sharing rooms on an away yeah, trip yeah. like that. Yeah, oh, definitely. Like one of you's one of you's desperate. The other ones, oh, you go. Oh, just let me in. I'll go in. The, I'll go in the bath. Oh God, <laughs> awful. Yeah, get get well soon, guys. Definitely get well soon. Right. Any more? Any more? All done. No, I, th- I, th- I think um, the image of the image of Stuart McCloskey <laughs> retching into a toilet while. Name me another player. Uh, James uh, Hume is yeah. having to, having to take a tactical in the bath. Well, I mean, <laughs> that, that's an image we can leave leave the pod with. Yeah. Uh, particularly, Stuart McCloskey's got long hair, so probably James Hume is holding it back for him. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Right. Goodbye. Nice one. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.